Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? <clears throat> the real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Hey, hey, let's go Buffalo. Hey, hey, let's go Buffalo. The Bills make me wanna Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this recap episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and uh, this is a tough one, guys. This is going to be not your normal Circling the Wagons podcast um, obviously, with everything going on with the end of that game, the ending to that really, really heartbreaking loss against the Arizona Cardinals, 32 to 30. Um, we're just going to give our just some roundtable discussion on the game, um, just a lot less, a lot less rigid. It's going to be more of an open forum, and we might do some of the stats of the game and stuff like that. Um, first, you know, I'll welcome my co-host like I normally do, John and Mike. And guys, this was, uh, it's funny. I had a whole bunch of notes listed as I'm sure you guys do, as we always do each week to be prepared for this recap. And I don't even care about any of it. I don't care what I wrote in the, what happened in the second half of the first quarter or what happened in the beginning of the third quarter, because none of it really matters to me because that last play of the game where, DeAndre Hopkins, where, you know, it was the last second pass. Kyler Murray chucked it up 50 yards to one of the best receivers in the league. And there were three Bills defenders around him. And uh, he came down with the football. And the Bills ended up losing that one in an unbelievable fashion. I was swearing out loud um, at my TV, as I'm sure a lot of you were. And my son was still up. And my wife's like, language. <laughs> like, I didn't even... I didn't even notice. Normally, I can censor those things pretty easily. Um, and plus, I thought he was upstairs in bed. But um, I, I mean, as far as you guys are concerned, I mean, how how tough of a loss was that? Especially because there is no redemption next week because it's the bye week. Going into the bye week, 7-3 and three isn't the worst thing in the world. But I mean, even that loss, it hurts me a lot as a Bills fan to have lost that game in the fashion that they did. Um, John, how are you doing, man? Yeah, so Miami beats Denver next week, and we're tied with Miami. Uh, that's depressing, Mike. <laughs> Actually, we're not tied with them because we have the tiebreaker right now. So any tiebreaker we have with them—oh, you mean over for the division lead and in the playoff seating? They, they would both be seven and three. They'd both be seven and three. Okay, that's depressing. The Dolphins today, after beating the Chargers pretty handily, Mike. Mike, how are you? Are you going to give us another, you know, the parable of the farmer? Maybe this is a good thing. Maybe this isn't. 
Or are you in I, a... I wasn't thinking of that, but it's possible, right? Maybe they go into the playoffs and work on their prevent Hail Mary defense or something. I Who knows? But for me, that was a fun game to watch. I really enjoyed it, the back and forth. And then you thought Josh Allen, king of the fourth, right? Coming down, the pass to Diggs. You're like, oh, that's awesome. Um, I, I had a ball watching it. Um, that was one of the worst games I've ever seen as a Bills fan. <laughs> top 10 easily top 10 like it's got to be up there with you've been a bills fan for the last 20 years have you not like that was a back and 38 years battle (laughs) john was watching games in the crib in the hospital like like... in in the final analysis unless the team wins the super bowl if if that's your mentality you're always going to be disappointed and like life yeah, is short. Yeah, why do we keep putting ourselves through this every year, right? Like, what, what what's the point? I think you have to just enjoy it. <laughs> it's impossible for its own sake. <laughs> like, it it doesn't make a lot of sense to get destroyed mentally, right? For something we have no control over. Is my only thought. The Bills, their chance to make the playoffs after today is eighty-seven percent. Chance to win the division is seventy-seven percent. They could have if. We could have flipped the script and say, oh, they lost to the Seahawks but beat the Cardinals, and we'd be in the exact same position, and that's what we thought would have happened, right? Like, we we said, hey, we'd take 10 and 6, or at the beginning of the season, 7 and 16, 3. But... 16 and 0 is what I was thinking at the beginning of the season. Like, we've already lost three games. Yeah, you didn't set yourself up for disappointment at all that way, John. <laughs> so right now, here's the standings for the AFC. Right now, you have the Steelers with the first seed, 9 and 0. The Chiefs with the second seed, eight and one. The Ravens with the third seed at six and two, only because they have a higher. But they're playing right now, so when you guys are listening to this, this you'll already know that. But um, the Bills at the fourth seed right now at seven and three. So why this is important is in seeding is that the seven teams make the playoffs this season, and so if you are the fourth seed, so the second, third, and fourth seed play the first week so then you want to be you you want to be the third seed so you're playing like the sixth team the sixth best team which at this point you're looking at the dolphins and the the browns are the seventh ranked team right now the browns and then the raiders are the eighth so i mean you could play the dolphins or the browns i would take that any day of the week as opposed to if the bills end up being like the fourth or fifth seed which they would end up playing the ravens or the chiefs potentially <laughs> Or uh, it's too early. Titans. Like all those teams are six and three. The Titans, True. the Browns, the Dolphins, the Raiders—they're all six and three. So I mean, there's there's tons of games left to figure all that out. We might not even win the division to be the third seed at this point. Yeah, that's still a wait and see um, sort of scenario. You know what's funny is when that play came down to it, and there were three Bills players around DeAndre Hopkins. Which first off, when he chucked it up, I'm like, I hope he didn't throw it to DeAndre Hopkins. And it's like, oh, well, you throw it to DeAndre Hopkins. I hope there's a bunch of bills in the area. Oh, there are a bunch of bills in the areas. Well, if there are a bunch of bills in the area, I hope it's like their best secondary members. It's not like Taron Johnson and, you know, A.J. Klein back there. I hope it's Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, and Tredavious White. And all three of them were there, and it didn't matter one bit. (laughs) This was the best possible scenario for the Buffalo Bills defensively, and it just, it didn't matter. It's, I'm still, I'm still in that phase where it's still, it still hurts. I have to mention that. Um, yeah, it was, I, I, I don't even, I didn't even necessarily care what happened the rest of the game because it was, it was a fun game, Mike, to your point. 
And had that not happened, if that play had happened with like a minute 30 left in the game, I think I would have a slightly different feel of, feeling about it. But since it was the last second and you thought you had it with that amazing Stephon Diggs, that 21-yard touchdown pass that Mike mentioned, Josh Allen, king of the fourth, coming back again in the fourth quarter and uh, digging out, digging a hole that, you know, the defense somewhat made. And then, you know, Bajorquez didn't help at all. Um Dude, can we talk about Corey Bajorquez for a second? He is, he had a terrible game. If he wasn't kicking it into the end zone, he was shanking it to the left for 12 yards, or he was completely out kicking his coverage. And the problem with out kicking your coverage, it's a great thing to do if like you're dating someone, right? Because that's always a term, is out kicking your coverage means you're dating someone well above what you should be based on your looks and career or whatever. But like out kicking your coverage as an actual punter is the worst thing you can do because you could kick it 70 yards. But if the guy has, but if your coverage doesn't have a chance to get to the guy who's receiving it, then he has 20 yards to run completely unimpeded <laughs> to, to gain yardage. And then like, you know, it's to gain momentum. So um, he, I find it curious that you mentioned looks and career, like no mention of personality. <laughs> oh, no, no, nobody cares about personality. You know that Mike. <laughs> um, yeah, that is, that's true. Um, very super superficial on my part, but, um, I only say it because whenever guys have said that they're always like, Oh, I dated, I married a woman that was way above me. Like they never say personality wise, maybe the first or maybe the third or fourth thing they say, but it's always like, Oh, people are always like, Oh, you know, like Jim Gaffigan always says that in his comedy routine. Like, Oh, my wife, people always say, how is she with you? You know, or whatever. So, um, <clears throat> anyways, Corey Bohorquez had a terrible game. Hey, your example is. The, the really rich, famous star. <laughs> yes. Okay. Really, it seems like only rich people outkick their coverage. <laughs> For some reason, men, if you have a lot of money. Um, we're going to cut all this out. It doesn't matter. It's a recap um, of a loss. And, um, yeah. Yeah, do you guys – I guess to, to Mike's point, if you want to look at, at a bright side of it, it's just that it was a good game. The Cardinals are not the same team that they've been the past couple of seasons before this season. Um, they're a good team. They almost beat the Dolphins, which the Dolphins are now looking more and more like a good team. Um, they beat the Seahawks, which are obviously a good team. Um, this wasn't an easy... I mean, they, they went into Arizona, so they traveled for this game. Um, they were without Josh Norman, who tested positive for COVID over the weekend. They were without Levi Wallace, their other number two cornerback. Um, they were playing with some guys injured, um, like Micah Hyde, even though Micah Hyde had a pretty good game. Uh there were so many penalties in this game. There were so many offensive, uh, the false starts, uh, holding calls, you know, uh, just, it was a frustrating game to watch from a lot of it, the, the bills beat themselves in a lot of different ways. And they still almost pull, pulled it off. When you talk about that, they travel for the game. I read something interesting recently that when you, the first time you're sleeping in a new place, the left side of your brain kind of stays awake. You're right here, left brain, right ear. That's why, like, you could get a solid eight hours in a new place. So, like, the Bills go to Arizona, right, like, and st stay that night. Like, but you're not going to get a good night's sleep because half your brain is still awake. So, like, you travel for business and you, get, you go, oh, a big presentation. I, good thing I got eight hours. And I'm like, why am I so tired? Because, like, right, you don't want to get murdered in the night. It's your first time there. <laughs> in so there might be a lot more. to Like, this is just discovered. So there might be a lot more to that. Like, oh, they're traveling. Because we always talk, like, oh, who cares? Like, oh, you go somewhere, it's this football, the fields football. are the same dimensions. Like, it's all the same. Just get up and play. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like maybe I, you have less distractions. You don't have kids. You don't have responsibilities. Like you're just in a hotel room. But now, see, like, oh, half your brain got no rest because they, they thought you might get murdered in the night. <laughs> like they've, they've known this for animals for quite a while. Like if you have a line of ducks, like the duck on the right will keep his right eye open and half his brain awake. And the duck on the left will keep his left eye open and, and right. half his brain awake. But all the ducks in the middle will be like, I'm not going to get eaten. It's going to be the duck on the end. So they can completely go to sleep. <laughs> do, the, do the same ducks always end up on the left and right? Because that sounds like a terrible life. <laughs> it sounds Terrible. Like... <laughs> <laughs> so at least like they probably do end up getting picked off in the middle of the night. So like the ones in the middle, the one in the very middle gets the most amount of sleep until he eventually, he or she eventually gets taken out by a coyote. Wow. Interesting. No, I'd never yeah. heard that. That would make sense, though. I feel like I'm more aware of, uh, yeah. So maybe those home, getting a home playoff game is all the more important. Well, they seemed okay in the first half. <laughs> they seemed okay for a while, coming out of the third quarter. But then the mental fatigue caught up with them with all the penalties. True. Oh, yeah. Just mental. So who is the who is the right duck on the team and the left duck? Everyone, the whole, the whole entire team. Whole Everyone's team. the right and the left. <laughs> the whole entire team thought that they were going to die in the middle of the night or the last couple of nights. I wonder, Mike, I wonder if there's a way like you can go to bed even earlier and maybe you'll get a little bit more sleep or if it doesn't matter. Like no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to stay two nights. So if you had like, if you were pitching people for and you wanted $10 million for your company, right? And like your pitch meeting is the next day. Like you should go there two days in advance. So the first night your brain is on being worried about an intruder coming in to stab you. And then the next night you're like, ah, oh, I've been here. It's safe. I'll get a full night's rest. Oh, really? So it's two nights. So we should tell people that if they have a, an important $10 million presentation the next day, or if you're a Buffalo Bills player going to, an, <laughs> of course they don't. They don't have the choice over that. When do they travel? They travel on Saturday. They get there that that afternoon. They stay overnight and then they play the next day and then they leave that night. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I see that. Maybe we should get this info to Brandon Bean. Yeah. Well, I hope he's listening. <laughs> um. Wow. So two nights. Okay. Okay. The second night, your brain just completely goes lazy. It's like, you know what? We weren't killed that first night. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I will say, like, my, my dog doesn't do well the first night when she's away over at my parents' place. Like, she, like, doesn't get good sleep. She's up in the middle of the night and stuff like that. And then yeah, yeah that, same thing. Like, we've known about it for animals for a while. Okay. We're just learning about yeah, it with us. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and then after a couple of days, she like she didn't even remember that we existed. Like she thought she found her new home, her new pack, mm-hmm. and we were a distant memory <laughs> of uh, people. And that... then when she came back to you, she was in a funk for a couple <laughs> of weeks. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! I was just with this older couple <laughs> that fed me, and yeah, wow. You know, this is this is much this is much more lighthearted than talking about the game, Mike. So anytime we mention anything, if you want to divert it to a psychological. Thing without going into simulation theory because I don't want to. <laughs> Actually, that'll make us feel better if we talk about simulation theory because then we'll be like, none of this ever mattered at all. <laughs> or if we talk multiverse theory about like in another in another universe, the Bills have won ten times in a row, <laughs> like they've won the Super Bowl. Like the three of us have the most popular podcast on the in the planet, <laughs> and it's the <laughs> it's the best of all worlds, you know. 
So we jealous. should go to that world and kill ourselves in that world and take our place. Like Rick and Morty style, <laughs> just something like that. Yes. <laughs> well, they didn't kill. They didn't kill them in that world, didn't they? Just um, find them dead. I can't remember. I can't remember. Didn't um, Morty die and like he get replaced or something? It's been a while since I've seen. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. So let's uh, let's go into some quick stats of the game, just in case uh, people weren't depressed enough. We could talk about how. The, the Bills did statistically, we do. Um, and so, you know, we did we did this podcast, our first year for Buffalo Rumblings. The Bills were 6-10, and 10 and they were potentially one of the worst teams in the NFL. And every week, we pulled it together. We did a podcast. We did a recap of, you know, we tried to make light of everything going on. So I think we're going to still try to do that with, you know, tonight's episode and still try to keep on the light side of things because there's no sense in going into the week um, completely pessimistic. There's nothing we can do about it. It was a good game, and they just lost. So let's go into some of the stats of the game. Josh Allen. One thing, one thing I'll add too, like it's the Cardinals. Maybe you guys would agree, maybe one, but it would feel different if it was to the Patriots or something like that. The Cardinals, I have no ill will. I've cheered for them in the Super Bowl right against the Steelers. Like there's some. Kyler Murray seems like a decent guy, right? The, like no animosity like you might feel with some other opponents, which is uh, it helps. Doesn't it helps a little bit, I guess. Yes, yes, I don't hate. I was happy when DeAndre Hopkins got traded out of Houston to Arizona, so I rooted for him. Always liked DeAndre Hopkins, um except when he plays us. And then yeah, Kyler Murray, you have no ill will. It's not like it's like a Johnny Manziel where you're just like, oh, that kind kid's kind of a I don't really, I don't get a good feeling about him. I don't like him for some reason. <laughs> and you don't get that feeling at all about Kyler Murray. Um, yeah, I, we did a, I, I did a quick um, um, interview pre preview podcast with uh, Ed Smith from the Arizona Cardinals Bleed podcast. And he would like had all these nice things to say about the Bills. And I'm like, ah, well, I mean, I want you guys to do well, just not against us, you know? So like, there's a lot to like about this young team. And, and yeah, you're right to, to that point. I mean, even if like other teams in the AFC, like, this would have hurt so much more if it was the, if it was the Jaguars, right? A team that we don't like. If this was, I'm trying to think of a team in the NFC we don't necessarily like, but I can't really think of one. I, it, there's really not any. It's just mostly I like, don't like the Cowboys. <laughs> oh yeah, good point. Hate the Cowboys. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, good point. All right, I don't like the Cowboys. John, I'm surprised John's not jumping in. He's good about like hate, okay. cataloging our hate. Yeah, I don't like any of the teams that aren't the Bills. How about that? <laughs> John's probably got like one of those like lists of of uh, of teams that he hates from like most to least. And uh, I feel like John John's pretty good about a grudge. I think like you would have all the all the teams all the teams that like the Bills lost to in the Super Bowl. Like I don't harness a grudge against the Giants. I could care less at this point. It sucked to lose it. Like you know, I, I said the Giants moved up my list when they beat the past those two times in the Super Bowl. Oh, me too. I root for well, them. They, they definitely moved up the list. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Eagles down the, the list, right? Down. Or yeah, down. Yeah, down the hate list, up the love list. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the Redskins. I don't. I don't really have a hate for the, the football team. The football. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Apologies. <laughs> Uh, my brain is stuck in earlier 2020, um, <laughs> earlier to the 2020 season. Um, I would say the Cowboys are definitely the team, especially Troy Aikman. He's still annoying. I still hate him too. Um, I like Tony Romo though. I liked Tony Romo as a player and I like him as a commentator. 
Um, I don't necessarily not like the players on the team. It's just Jerry Jones. I think maybe it's just Jerry Jones. Because he's yeah, sometimes it's just like who the coach is, or like so, like you know, obviously you never like the Colts because they, they were in the East, but that's a while ago now, and now Frank Reich is the coach. It's like, oh, Frank Reich, maybe you know, wouldn't mind if the Colts did okay if it's if it's not the Bills, you know? Yeah, I wouldn't mind it. Yeah, there is no plus when we were in the AFC when they were in the AFC East with us back in the day. I mean, we used to trounce them. You know, they they weren't that good. And then of course they left, and then they got Peyton Manning, so they were they ended up being becoming very good. And you know, how do you not like Peyton Manning? So. Um, yeah, actually, the the Colts won the division. The last time they won the AFC East was before was more recent. Was like yeah, it was more recent than the Bills winning the AFC East. <laughs> and I like how they put that stat up on CBS, and they're like, "Oh, like there's like a star next to that one." It's like, "Star Colts haven't been in the AFC East since 2001." <laughs> just, just in case you're wondering how pathetic that stat is. <laughs> You just got to laugh at it at this point. Just like we don't – thank God, though, we don't have to look at that stupid, you know, how many years, the longest postseason droughts in franchise or sports, major sports. Um, That's always a good thing. So uh, Josh Allen was 32 for 49 today, 284 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, two interceptions, and he almost had a couple of more that – he doesn't normally throw. Josh didn't have a great game. Like like, like Mike mentioned, had a great fourth quarter uh, for the most part, but um, had those two interceptions that just weren't, they were wrong reads or poor throws and or both. Um, Isaiah McKenzie was one for one today for 12 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> that was a great way to start off the game with that touchdown pass to Josh Allen. So kudos to Brian Dable for calling that one. I never, I never don't like a good uh, trick play, to be quite honest. Never get sick of that. I hope if Brian Dable ends up going somewhere else in the offseason, the new the new coordinator has at least one trick play a game. Uh, rushing the ball, the Bills were, uh, again, pretty awful running the ball today. Josh Allen was the leading rusher for the Bills, seven carries for 38 yards, 5.4 yards per carry. Um, but then you look at the actual Bills running backs, Zach Moss, had seven carries for 20 yards, 2.9 yards per carry. Devin Singletary had four carries for 15 yards, 3.8 yards per carry. Not great uh, rushing yardage. Out of it. But that seems to be the, the story of every team they played except for the New England Patriots. Cole Beasley led the Bills receivers today. Third and Cole, 11 receptions for 13 targets on 109 yards and one touchdown. Stephon Diggs. Next in line, 10 receptions on 11 targets for 93 yards and one touchdown. John Brown, six receptions for 72 yards on eight targets. He had that one incredible catch, which it was like third and 23 or something. And then it was that drive, I think, right before they scored a touchdown where the Bills had four penalties in six plays. And I think it was the fourth or fifth penalty on that drive Ended up with like a third and 23, and John Brown caught like a first down at the 50-yard line. He injured himself, and it gets called back for, was that holding, John? I think it was holding. Yes. So um, that was depressing. They were, it was it was a bad game altogether, uh, penalties-wise. Hold on, let me pull up the actual penalty yardage for today. Bills had nine penalties for 69 yards today. So really rough game penalty-wise. Total yardage, the Cardinals had 453 total yards. The Bills had 369. 
of course, you know, 50 of those yards were on that last pass. I mean, so how much can you take from that? And then, uh, you know, like we mentioned, Corey Bohorquez, do you guys want to do You know, this is fun. It's not fun to do a sweet sassy molassy play of the game because of the loss. It's not really fun to do. I mean, we could do wall. Let's do wall of famers and wall of shamers real quick. Um, Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. By the way, the, the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago is doing a couple of giveaways for our listeners and the people that are uh, are uh, following us on Twitter. So uh, f- head over to at CTWPod for that. We're giving away a uh, Bruce Smith jersey, like one of the old school Bruce Smith jerseys. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's just like it looks just like the one he wore. It's not one of those uh, like newer versions of the the newer jerseys with his name on it it's like one of the old school ones it's pretty cool um so let's go into wall of fame for today's game um you know i think it's got to go to cole beasley for the wall of fame in today's game i mean he was just clutch he had that one-handed catch on third down to extend that drive to what we thought was going to be the play of the game with that you know, Josh Allen, 21-yard pass to Stephon Diggs to go up 30-26. to 26. We thought that was the nail in the coffin, and, and Cole Beasley had that amazing catch on that. I mean, he went over 100 yards today, obviously reliable like he always is. Um, I'd go Wall of Fame, uh, Cole Beasley. Uh, John, what about you? It's Tyler Bass. He, he didn't kick those three field goals. That Nothing else that matters. They wouldn't have to do the Hail Mary or anything. His three consecutive kicks were consecutively his career longs, 53-54-58. I'm giving it to Bass. Yeah, Tyler Bass had a great, great game today, for sure. Loved it. Mike, what about you? I got to agree with John. Bass had the game of his life. And it gives me renewed confidence in his ability, for sure. Yeah, nobody's uh, really criticizing Brandon Bean for that Hauschka versus Bass move at this point, right? I mean, just think about it. If this is like... If he doesn't go into complete regression mode, and this is something—I mean, mind you—that first one was really rough. It like bounced off the upright, and uh, and it was close, but it made it in. I mean, if this is if this is where this guy, this kid's floor is, I mean, you know, watch out. If he only progresses from here, I mean, this is this is uh, this is going to be exciting. Wall of shame. I have to give it to Corey Bohorquez for his game today. Um, he didn't do the Bills any favors when they needed him. I mean. Uh, I know shanks are something that happen just naturally, even to the best punters, but um, that was a brutal one. And it happened when the at the near the end of the third quarter when the Bills were backed up in their own end zone. And luckily the Bills defense bailed out Bahorquez on that shank. So the Cardinals only got a field goal, but they were up 23-16 at that point. And uh, yeah, I mean, like I mentioned, he was out kicking his coverage and uh, he just had a, had a really bad game. What about you guys? John, who do you have in your wall, Shane? It's the coaching staff. The you know the Cardinals made the necessary adjustments at halftime, and the Bills didn't. They didn't counter what the Cardinals did. The Cardinals came out, scored seventeen unanswered points. The Bills' first points of the second half was with thirty-six seconds left with that Allen to Diggs pass. It, it was just terrible. The discipline was terrible in the second half. All those penalties in a row. It, like, there's no excuse for it. Yeah, great point. I'm torn. I, the the 12-yard punt by Bohorquez catapulted him to the top of my list. But, yeah, I agree with John that the Bills don't seem to make any adjustments at the half. And DeAndre Hopkins, you could argue, is the best receiver in football. So I, I, I can't kill the Bills for that last catch. But So I don't, I don't mind the catch. I mind that they lost that lead is what really did him in. 
Do you think that instead of um, just like dropping everyone back into coverage on that play and letting Kyler run around for like 10 minutes before he threw the ball, do you think they should have just sent the house at him, kept DeAndre Hopkins one-on-one with Tredavious White, <laughs> and then just seen what, have ha- what would have happened? Do you think that would have been a better play as opposed to Kyler having all day back there just because he's so mobile? I mean, he missed... I mean, there was one play where he got sacked eventually, but he but there were four different defenders that missed him before he eventually got sacked. I mean, he's that good. Can you can you blame the coaching staff for a poor play on that one being being uh, too soft on that one? They were they should have been more aggressive on that play. Little- I think they the last play. I think I think they played it fine. I mean, there's it's called a hail mary for a reason, right? Like it's it it was lucky that that the placement just happened to be at that exact spot. They had, like you said earlier, like they had their three best defensive backs there, all ready for it, and it just didn't work out. I think they just got lucky in that regard. Is there any element with agreed that three best, probably defensive players, are back there to make that play? Is there any element of I watched it once, <laughs> and then I didn't watch it again. Any element of them trying to? make the interception and not swat the ball down. Did you guys see any of that? It looked like they were all going for the interception as opposed to swatting the ball down. But again, they are not as big it as It happens so fast. Right. But but the one time I saw it, it looked like they were trying to catch it. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> which, which is not the right play, right? I don't think anybody even had a chance of getting a hand on it. It looked like, like to even swat it. Like The only yeah. thing I can think of is like somebody like, cracking into the back of Hopkins but like even then like you know everybody's already jumping in the air at that point yeah yeah you don't want to get too much contact because then it's first and goal at the one with (laughs) with with no time left yeah you know so it's like you don't want that either so like they played it well they didn't create contact and yeah it looked like they weren't trying to bat the ball away like they should have but again I mean, you're talking like a six foot three, six foot four DeAndre Hopkins, who's taller than all those defensive backs. He can jump higher than all those defensive backs, and he was in play for the ball perfectly. And he's unless you knock it down as he's coming down with the ball, you're not going to bat it away from him because it's like he's on a ladder compared to the other guys, and he just automatically he has a better chance at grabbing the ball before anyone can knock it away. So um, that's that's how I saw it at least. It looked like Tredavious White had a chance as they were all falling. Oh, yeah. from the again, the one time I saw it, like, oh, he's so close to knocking it out. Yeah, as he was before falling. Hopkins pulled it into his body. Good point. Oh man, if only. Imagine if like there was a guy who just one of the three guys wasn't watching the ball, and he was literally just standing underneath DeAndre Hopkins and just watching as he was bringing down that ball, just punching upwards like uppercutting. <laughs> Just over as, and over again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Ten times before he hits the ground. <laughs> Somehow popped it out. Um, now that would be impressive. Of course, he'd probably bump into him and it would be a 50, you know, pass interference versus a goal at the one in case he actually did do it for not looking Maybe back. Maybe that's a new, a new roster spot you've just created, a spe- defensive specialist. <laughs> Uppercutter? In Mary situations. <laughs> It's like that. Finish- don't, don't they sometimes put like a, a receiver back there sometimes in Hail Mary situations? Yes. On the defense. Yes, they could have put like Duke Williams back there or something. It's like a big tall guy as well, you know. Not Dawson Knox. He wouldn't have caught it either. But like someone else, it was like. But he would have deflected it. You'd have deflected. Oh, you're right. You're right. If he had tried to catch it. <laughs> 
Uh, um, you guys were talking about halftime adjustments. The only thing I'm thinking, because you guys are mentioning how they didn't adjust to the adjustments. Don't you think that's a little unfair only because the Bills were doing what they were doing and they were winning? Don't you kind of have to react to how the teams you have to see how they're going to if they're actually going to beat you with their adjustments before you can make adjustments to their adjustments? Because, I mean, if you're if you're if you're doing well and you're winning and you get the ball back and you score, you're up 23 to nine. At that point, I wouldn't think, man, we have to start adjusting. It's like not until the team actually starts succeeding in what they're doing offensively and defensively that you should feel like you should make changes. So I don't necessarily agree with right out of the right out of halftime. They should have changed something because they were doing fine. Maybe they should have had a strategy in place as soon as things went south, but you could argue that it didn't go south until the third quarter. So I guess you can't keep doing the exact same thing because you know the other team's going to make changes. So you have to do something different. It doesn't have to be drastic or anything, but you have to do something different. So you're saying that you like if you're winning a game by halftime, you go into the half, you start off in the second half, that you should automatically stop what you're doing right, or at least deviate slightly from what you're doing, just so that the exactly. people can't catch if you up. You see something, and and you make your own adjustments. You see something in the other teams, like hey, maybe we should be doing this more with Singletary or so, or whatever it may be, right? And and do some plays like that. You don't have to like go off like a hundred percent, but like a couple of plays here or there can make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Mike, do you have thoughts on that? Adjusting to the adjustments to the adjust. It's like inception, the dreams within the dreams within the no. <laughs> Seems like the bills, every game lose the third quarter. Yeah. All right, cool. So, <laughs> so there's no like Gettysburg of the game for this one because the Gettysburg is literally like <laughs> the changing point of the game was, uh, I mean, there was like ten of them. If you wanna, if you wanna count them, I mean, there was a time where um, Josh Allen throws the interception, you know, in the third quarter, and then Kyler Murray gets the runs for a fifteen-yard touchdown to go up for the first time in the entire game when they had the lead twenty-six to twenty-three against the Bills. Um, that was a Gettysburg of the game. And then you talk about um, the Bills getting that touchdown in the fourth quarter, is Stephon Diggs touchdown. That was a Gettysburg of the game. And then you talk about the the play at the end of the game, which determine the game um i don't i don't necessarily know if it's worth going into for that for that reason but um yeah no, the gettysburg gettysburg of the game was for the cardinals at halftime that's that that's it it was, it was the, that, that was that's when the momentum changed was after halftime <laughs> it was literally them walking out onto the field for the third quarter was the turning point of the game for john okay yes yes <laughs> if that was like a civil hey. war reference it would be like the South just showing up, or the North just showing up to battle. <laughs> the, the, the Bills were up 14, 14, by 14 points in the third quarter. I texted you guys, game's over. <laughs> yes. Yes, you do that like four or five times a game, though, in all fairness. <laughs> it's either like Super Bowl or game's done. And the the Bills were up by 14 points when you said that. But I kind of take it with a great... It's like the boy who cried um, Super Bowl. <laughs> Like John's like, uh, or the boy who cried, uh, Owen 16, <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know whether to take it seriously or not. You should always take me seriously. Okay. I, I try to, I try to, I've been burned too many times, John. It's not your fault. It's my past. Um, welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline. Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big. Summarize with AI in a click. Click, click, click. Writer's block. Release 
with Canva Magic Write. Magical. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mike, do you want to go? I mean, we pretty much said all we can say about this game. I didn't go into the stats of the Cardinals, but I mean, what do you really need to know? Um, Kyler Murray had a had a good game twenty two for ter- twenty two for thirty two, two hundred and forty five yards, one touchdown, one interception. Kenyon Drake sixteen carries for a hundred yards, six point three yards per carry, six point three yards per carry. It's unbelievable that running backs are consistently getting over not only five yards per carry during the game, but six yards per carry that happened against new England. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, um, Kyler Murray had 11 carries for 61 yards and two touchdowns, 5.5 yards per carry. Um, Bills just couldn't stop anything. Deandre Hopkins, seven receptions on 12 targets for 127 yards and one touchdown. John, you, you were texting us. You lost your fantasy game. Based on that last play of the game, that so that this that that play killed you twice. It killed you as a Bills fan, and it killed you in fantasy, which normally nobody else, nobody ever cares about anyone else's fantasy team. Um, but I felt bad for you in that spot. So it literally came down to that play, though, right? It wasn't like DeAndre Hopkins just beat you because he had a great game. It was that play. Yes. <laughs> It was uh, 50 yards, so that's five points. Uh, a reception, so that's six points. A touchdown, that's six more points. You're talking about 12 points plus the 100-yard bonus. It's like you could have been up by 14 points and literally lost on that last that last play. Oh, God. Mike, how about we look towards – oh, it, we can't look towards. Normally we do this, this point where we talk about what are the odds of the Bills game next week for the DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, and Delago, but uh, there is no game next week because it's the bye week. Do you think this loss stings even more because it's going into the bye and there's no redemption? Because I'll be honest, I, I know people. Some people don't believe in momentum or changing things, but I think going going into a bye week with a win is just huge for your uh, spirits or your mentality or however you want to phrase it for going into you know the next game against the Chargers in Week Twelve. Um, I, I think going into that win is huge going into that by week with a win is huge. Uh, especially one that's not as demoralizing as this. Do you think that this could, I mean, I don't think this will necessarily dismantle the season for the bills, but do you think this will take a toll on the players psychologically and mentally? And do you think this will affect their game in a couple of weeks? I don't know. <laughs> I would think like if I had to, if I had to say, I think I think Sean McDermott is usually good about getting the guys to focus on the next task at hand, as opposed to getting too far ahead of themselves or or getting you know too caught up in what happened in the past. I think that he'll have them out of the funk. It might actually be a good thing that they have a bye week, so they're not too demoralized after all of this. Um, so they they'll have a they'll have a week to kind of you know sulk or, or get over it, and then they'll have a week to get right back into it. I guess I disagree with the notion that like some sometimes negative outcomes can certainly be motivating in and of themselves, right? You practice harder, you study harder. Like success could 
I could argue leads to a sense of complacency. Like, hey, eight and two, we got we can close from here on out. Mm-hmm. Like that last Hail Mary is gonna leave a bad taste in your mouth, I would say. Yeah. You can either use this to either fuel you or sink you, right? How about we talk about a specific play? Yeah, let's talk about a specific play. <laughs> Maybe you guys can share your opinions, but it was a third and one. It was the it was right before the half. Third one, Alan snuck it. There were like 20 seconds left. You remember that? Yeah, and he didn't get it, right? Right, and they came out to kick the field goal. And it just made, the play call made no sense to me. <laughs> yeah, why Why do that if... Uh... You get the first down, so what? Yeah, you the, just The wasted. better play is, it's third and one. You should try and get five or ten or whatever. Yeah, what good does a first down Getting do that first down does nothing. And I didn't know if that was an audible by Allen, which a mistake would be a mistake. Or if uh, it's just, that was the one thing that really left me scratching my head. And I'd like to see that kind of stuff rectified going forward or at least improve week to week. Yeah. Okay. That didn't stick up. You guys <laughs> cut, cut, cut this I, out. I mean, at the time I was like, I wanted him to get the first down, but now that you mention it, it was like, why, what good does that do you? Because you have a first down. Sure. But there's only, even if they call a timeout at that point, there's 18 seconds left, right? So you're like, what do I do with this? I still don't, I don't believe they had any timeouts after that because I think they used their timeout with like three seconds left to kick the field goal, right? right. Um, so yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, ideally, what good does that one yard do? You're still kicking the field goal if that is the end game. Um, I, I Absolutely, absolutely. It's a very surprising, uh, it's like they were trying to get, they're, they're too used to, okay, we just need one more yard to get the first down. Let's get the first down as opposed to thinking, wait, where are we? What does this do for us? How does this affect the game plan scenario overall? And then um, it's like it was very short-sighted. Good point. Did you notice that our downfield passing game was a lot more hindered after uh, Brown left, much like when he was out a few weeks back? Yeah. Then it just it, it suddenly turned to like really short, Passes to Beasley or to whoever. To Diggs, yep. Underneath, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, they seem to bring it together with the uh, the Seahawks game, and, and Brown was there for that. So, uh, yeah. What's disappointing, too, I thought, was Knox's non-involvement, really, in the passing game. Like, early on, we had such high hopes. Yeah. Yeah, he's been taking a lot of fire um, through social media. Um, and, yeah, especially with Tyler Croft being out because – he was within close contact of Josh Norman, who tested positive. So, yeah, that's a good point. Like he didn't, you know, he didn't have any drops today. Like you know, maybe feed him <laughs> the ball a little bit more, and then it's such kinda, a yeah. You know, see what he can do. You know, with you know, you know, he, he he's been known for that stiff arm and running people over. But so you know, give, give him some more chances. It's such a low bar. He didn't have any drops today. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't have any uh, right in the hands drops. Like, remember who used to do that? Scott Chandler used to do that all the time. Stone hand it. He was like, it would be third and nine, and he would be like catching it right at the first down marker, and it would just hit his hands and fall straight to the dirt. <laughs> it, w- it would be the easy catches too, because then he would make a miraculous catch the next play. <laughs> yes, yes. That's what Dawson Knox does. Dawson Knox will do an over over the head one-handed catches he's falling down as the other as the corner is grabbing his other arm so he can't even bring it around to grasp the ball and it'll be like a 30-yard first down and then the ones that hit him right in the hands yeah he'll just yeah he's like scott chandler 2.0 
except he's like so much more athletically gifted than Scott Chandler was. But does it matter if you don't use it? I mean, people, he just is going to take a lot more time. I mean, I'd say tight end is definitely a need this offseason, um, especially when you consider when Tyler Croft is on the field, he is by far the best tight end. Like, that's not a great scenario to have. Ideally, you'd have a George Kittle or a Zach Ertz or a Travis Kelsey or something like that. But absent that, you don't want Tyler Croft to be your number one that's tight end. That's a good, good, very good question, actually. What, what, how would you rank their biggest needs at this point? Obviously, tight end is a big one, but um, run defense and uh, edge rusher has got to be up there too, right? Well, maybe the run defense, though, gets fixed with Starr coming back next season. With him opting out this season, I think that was, that was a big hole uh, that didn't get filled through either free agency or the draft. So um, I think that that could, that could solve some of that. But yeah, linebacker depth is almost non-existent for the Buffalo Bills. Um, after Milano goes out, I mean, you see how, how poorly they've done, especially with his injuries. Um, on the defensive side, they could use more cornerbacks, as always. <laughs> uh, they could use a better slot cornerback. I think Taron Johnson has had uh, a couple of disappointing seasons so far. Uh, yeah, where, where would you rank that because i i don't know exactly where a, a one technique defensive tackle like starla tule which he'll be back next year so um pass rusher uh you can go across the board linebacker okay so defensive lineman yeah they need a little bit of everything on defense right that's yeah, the that's yeah. the kicker yep that's the no pun intended that's the defensive tackle defensive end linebacker slot corner other corner, other boundary corner opposite. Of course, we might have something with Dane Jackson. I mean, I love the play of Dane Jackson um, for being a seventh-round rookie. I mean, I think he's contributing at a high level. We didn't mention him, and we probably won't – we definitely won't get to the tweets today for Wall of Fame and Wall of Shame. But uh, I thought Dane Jackson had a had a decent game, even though he went down with the injury. Uh, I thought he was showing he's, – he's been showing in the two times he's had the opportunities. I, I like Dane Jackson. And, you know, you, got, you still got to mention A.J. Klein, you know, for his faults. Like, the last couple of games, he's got to be their most improved player. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's like it's like he just turned on a switch or he was just tired of hearing it from Bill's Mafia. You don't think, whenever you think of a player underperforming during the season, you just kind of write that off as like, well, that player's not that good. It's going to be a rough season for that player. Not realizing that, you know, they can actually turn it around every once in a while. Every People, let's be honest, like at our age and you're in your 20s and 30s, you don't really change, right? Like, you are who you are. You're kind of set in your ways. But, like, every once in a while, there's, like, an A.J. Klein that turns around and changes, and you're like, ah, some people can change, I guess. He's like uh, the Colonel Sanders of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, you're going to have to explain that one. I, I don't get that. Because <laughs> of Kentucky Fried Chicken? Changes? 12 herbs and spices? <laughs> <laughs> is... No, he was just really old when he started. Oh, okay. So AJ Klein is the Colonel Sanders of the Buffalo Bills. He was really, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we got a lot further than I thought we would get in this podcast. I was thinking it was going to be ten minutes, <laughs> and somehow we managed to talk for longer than that. So, you know, Marv Levy is really the Colonel Sanders of the Buffalo Bills. He had to lie about his age before they hired him because he was he was much older. He thought that he had to shave two or three years off when he interviewed. Really. Mm-hmm. For the Bills or just into the AFL? Yeah, when they when the, yeah for the Bills when they um, he was I think he was with Kansas City before that or mm-hmm. and then before that the CFL or can't remember which order but yeah when the Bills first got him for uh, yeah you know. so he said he was in his forties when he was really in his fifties I didn't know that well I think he was in his sixties 
<laughs> and he shaved a couple of years off. <laughs> I forget that Marv Levy is like almost 90 years old. <laughs> uh, he was saying he was in his 60s in the uh, World War II. It was uh, crazy. <laughs> uh, wow. Interesting. Yeah, you have Bill Belichick, who's like well into his 70s, who's still this head coach of the Patriots. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, but now, <laughs> now like 80 is the new 60. Like with healthcare and nutrition and modern medicine, like you look back at pictures from your grandparents and their parent, like you look at a picture like, oh, how old were you there? 90? And it's like, oh, no, I was 45. <laughs> <laughs> like life was a lot harder then. Yeah. And how old is AJ Klein? <laughs> Dude, have you seen AJ Klein? I saw him do a press conference. I never really saw his face. He looks like he's like in high school <laughs> and he had his headphones on and he had like this flannel shirt. It looked like he was like a grunge, like he was listening to like Nirvana in high school. Like one of those kids in the back of class, it just had his headphones on the whole time. Like even when, you know, class was going on <laughs> and he looked like he was listening to Pearl Jam. He does not look old at all. But yeah, to Mike's point, if you've ever seen those photos before, like, yeah, you'll see like pictures of your grandparents, like, you're like, oh, geez, how old are you? Like 45 in that picture? It's like, no, I was 21. <laughs> you know, I've been married for five years. and <laughs> Already had 10 kids. It was like, you know, like, yeah, there was I, maybe it's whatever was in the water or what wasn't in the water then. <laughs> yeah. Nutrition, health, readily being food being, being available everywhere. Yeah. All right. So I think we're going to end it on that. <laughs> at least we're old. At least we're living longer. So um, that's a good sign because if the Bills don't win a Super Bowl this year, uh, you know, uh, we've had family members that have passed away in their 70s and 80s and 90s, and maybe we'll be able to live to 120. So we'll have that much more time to potentially see a Bills Super Bowl. I'm going to leave it on a high note, on an optimistic note. So signing off for John. Maybe next year. <laughs> Uh, for Mike, go Bills! Great season so far. Looking forward to the next game. I don't know why you guys are so pessimistic. <laughs> it's been fun. It's yeah, it has been fun. It has been a fun season, all things considered. Wait, yeah. we didn't do the joke of the day. Oh, sorry. Okay, all right. Let's do. Uh, let's do it. Let's do the joke of the day. Brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago with uh, featuring Mike. What's the difference between in-laws and outlaws? Outlaws are wanted. <laughs> oh, wow. We needed that. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> that made everything. Thank you. I told you, like, the joke of the week is good. It's so much better in a week like this where the Bills lose. It's so much. Some levity is definitely needed. Um, it's not exactly what you said, because I think your words to me was like, that's falling flat. Let's not do that anymore. <laughs> I never said it's falling flat. I just said it's lost some of its luster. That's all. <laughs> it, was, it was in its second week. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's trending downward, Mike. It's, <laughs> no, it is it is good. It is what is one of my favorite segments. I don't know if it's any of the listeners' favorite segments. If you love Mike's joke of the day. As as we do, as I do, um, especially in a loss like this, you know, let us know, and uh, and Mike's gonna keep giving you keep keep showing up with fire every week like he does. <laughs> Last week it was it was uh, the difference between a motorcycle and a unicycle. 
And then John followed it up with uh, one of the best dad jokes of, uh, what was it, a muffler? Exhausted? Why did the Scarecrow win, a, win an award? Because he was outstanding in his field. Oh, my God. Let's just do this. Next time there's a loss like today, let's just do, like, all of these jokes back to back. If you guys could just do 50 instead of, like, we're, guys, we're going to skip the Wall of Fame, the Wall of Shane, the Sweet Sassy Molassie plays the game, the Gettysburg of the game. We're just going to go into Mike and, and John telling jokes and the Seinfeld uh, baseline in between, and we'll just do that for an hour. You could do listener jokes, too. Oh, that's a good one. Instead of the Wall of Fame, Wall of Shame tweet. Yeah, we'll just a do, loss. I like it. I like it. All right, we'll do that next time. Next time there's a heartbreaking loss like this that uh, <laughs> that's tough to deal with. Maybe, uh, yeah. So for me, Nate, go Bills 7-3 and three on the season, but 10-0 and 0 in your hearts. Going into the bye week against a Chargers team that isn't great. Let's go. We'll talk to you guys again next week. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. Canva.